welcome back, beloved. Today I'm starting a new series. I am super, super excited about it. It is Jesus, the True Tabernacle. This is part one, the introduction. I'm really just giving you a high, high 30,000 foot overview today, 100,000 foot overview of the tabernacle and sort of explaining foreshadowings how not only were there specific scriptures written before Jesus was born that said he was coming. For example, Isaiah 53 was written 700 years prior. I've used this a lot. It says he was pierced through for our transgressions, right? So you have those prophecies. But also, in addition to hundreds of specific prophecies Jesus fulfilled, then there's also events and forms of worship like the tabernacle that all point towards him. And so today is just the introduction. This is going to be a, a good study, a deeper study into this tabernacle. As I've been studying it, it's really been blowing my mind. I feel very edified, very interested in this study, and I think you guys will be too. Uh, so I just wanted to start with a few scriptures, and this is, this is not a perfect picture, but this is a good, I love, you know, I love technology now. We have good examples of what this structure looked like. And remember, the tabernacle was given to the children of Israel, the Hebrews, in the desert, right, before they enter the promised land, but after they're saved out of Egypt. So the book of Exodus is written 1,500 years before Jesus is born. And then here's two verses from the New Testament that sort of mention it. Stephen is uh, essentially preaching a sermon before he's martyred. And he says, our fathers, the, the Jewish people had the tabernacle of testimony in the wilderness. And there's a couple different names, tabernacle of testimony, tabernacle of uh, witness, and also called the tabernacle of meeting or the meeting place. And so he says, just as he who spoke to Moses, the Lord spoke to Moses, directed him to make it according to the pattern which he had seen. Incredibly important. This entire structure at the time that it was made, it honestly kind of resembles the Bible. And what I mean by that is this. The Bible was written by men, but it's God breathed. God inspired men to write it. So it is perfect and inerrant. Well, the tabernacle, it specifically says in Exodus uh, through chapters 25 to 40 that God put the spirit of wisdom in people like all, inside it. There's gold and artistic work and pictures of cherubim and angels. All these things, uh, you know, God filled them with the spirit. And in addition, God gave them very, very detailed instructions. So when they made the tabernacle, it was just this perfect, uh, you know, example of what God wanted. Um, and it was, you know, there was a fence all around the courtyard. It was white, which would be, you know, for approaching it, that would be the color of purity, the color of holiness. As soon as you enter in through the singular door, there'd be an altar for sacrifices. So right away you're, you're seeing, you know, things that point us towards Jesus, but as we dig in deeper, it's really, really going to blow your mind. So there's uh, an altar for sacrificing. There's a bronze laver where priests would wash in, in this. And then they would go into here, into the holy place up front. And then towards the back of this tent would be the most holy place where God would meet with the children of Israel. Hebrews 9, another New Testament verse says, The first covenant had regulations for worship. So the tabernacle was all about worshiping God and God dwelling with man. The word tabernacle means dwelling place where God would live. Uh, and it says an earthly sanctuary, a tabernacle was prepared. So here's another picture, just a great artist rendition. 
the nation of Israel, as they went into the promised land, the armies, according to their tribes, would camp around the tabernacle. Here's the door and the altar for sacrificing, the bronze wash you know, pot, the bronze laver, the holy place, and the most holy place. What's interesting, and we're going to do videos, God spares no details in his word, like the door being on the east. There's meaning to that. The tribe of Judah, we don't know if they're directly in front, but we know the tribe of Judah camped uh, along the east side where the door was. And we know the Messiah, Jesus Christ, came from the line of Judah. So I'm just trying to give you guys a 30,000 foot overview of this tabernacle. This represented the presence of God. So, so as the nation of Israel went through the promised land and conquered it, there was, you know, enemy armies there. You would see basically the nation of Israel encamping around their God. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Now, this series is going to be a little deeper than normal, which I think is good. I think we need to pursue the meat, right? Not just the milk we should crave, but also the meat of the word. Um, but I would recommend first go to my channel. And just go to my playlist, Old Testament Prophecies of Jesus. If you watch a few of these, you'll begin to have just a broad level understanding of how the whole Bible points towards Jesus. And the Old Testament is fascinating because it's written hundreds to thousands of years before he's born. Uh, this particular video, Sacrifices from the Garden to Christ, this will give you a really good idea of how... Uh, of um, typology and foreshadowing how even when God is not specifically giving a scripture saying the Messiah is coming and here's a hint about him like Isaiah 53 there's all these foreshadowings that typify and sort of give us a murky picture that when Christ comes it becomes crystal clear that he is the fulfillment of that and so before we dig in I wanted to give you guys some encouragement to really dig into Exodus with me to really dig into this tabernacle series with me in Psalm 119, it's the longest psalm in the Bible. In it, it's all about the Word of God. And the psalmist says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. So as we dig deep, deep into the Word of God, uh, we are going to find treasure. I've been finding treasure, and I'm just here to kind of share it with you. <laughs> uh, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, the gospel. He says it's like treasure hidden in a field. And there's a mystery here because the gospel and the word of God and the wisdom of God is so simple that truly a child can understand it because it is understood by the spirit of God when you are born again, right? It is a gift from God. And yet so complex and deep that you could spend a thousand lifetimes digging into the word of God and never have it, you know, mastered, right? Proverbs 2, it says, if you seek her, her is wisdom, knowledge, discernment as silver, and you search for her as hidden treasure. So we're, we're, just, we're supposed to be seeking the Lord, seeking wisdom, searching. Then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And then you get to the New Testament. And in 1 Corinthians, it says, Christ Jesus became for us wisdom from God. All scripture points towards him. So as we dig into the tabernacle, you'll see how it clearly foreshadows Christ. Colossians chapter 2 this is the point of digging in and learning more about Christ in the Old and New Testament. It's so that the church can attain to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding. The more you understand that all of Scripture is pointing towards Jesus, and the more confident you are that you have faith in Him, the more you will be assured of your salvation. You will have more joy in the Lord. You will have a greater relationship with God as you will have a deeper knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, the Messiah. And in Christ, it says, is hidden 
all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So just want to encourage you guys and, and let's start digging in. And, and what I wanted to do first was explain foreshadowing a little bit to you guys. So Exodus, in fact, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis through Deuteronomy, uh, specifically we're in Exodus because that's where the story of the tabernacle is from Exodus chapters 24 to 40. Uh, that was written 1500 years BC. And so it's amazing. 1500 years before Christ is born, it's amazing uh, that we're going to see it clearly as a foreshadowing of Christ. Uh, the, the writer of Hebrews in the New Testament says the law, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis to Deuteronomy, has a shadow of the good things to come. I really want us to uh, understand this. The law has a shadow of the good things to come, not the very image of the things. We know Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In Colossians, it's written that uh, he's talking about festivals and Sabbath days and new moons, all these things the nation of Israel kept uh, during you know, the Old Testament times. And Paul writes to the church at Kalos, don't let anyone judge you in these things anymore. Something new has come. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance, the substance of all scripture, all those feasts, all the sacrifices, the tabernacle, everything in the Old Testament, the substance is of Christ, is of the Messiah. And so let me give you an example of a foreshadowing, something that's not clear from scripture even until Christ comes. And now it's clear. Here's a great quick example. Book of Genesis, 1500 BC, Abraham and Isaac do sort of a mock execution. They're, they're really sort of acting out God, the father, right? It says he, it pleased the Lord to crush him. The, the father uh, poured out his wrath on his own son so that he could save us on the cross, right? Well, Abraham is sort of acting out the position of God the Father, and Isaac is acting out the position of God the Son, Jesus Christ, as the sacrifice. And it says in Genesis 22, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. So Isaac is literally carrying the wood for his own sacrifice up a mountain. Now, Jesus comes, he dies, he, he raises from, rose from the dead, he ascends to heaven. And John, in writing his gospel in AD 80, this is separated by 600 years, specifically takes note to mention that Jesus carrying his own cross, carrying the wood for his sacrifice, just like Isaac, he went out to the place of the skull, to the place of Golgotha. So very clear foreshadowing. If you only had the book of Genesis, you'd be like, all right, why is this? Why is God including this in scripture? It's not really clear. When Christ comes, it becomes very, very clear. One of the main goals of my whole ministry is that it would typify the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Emmaus. You see, in Luke 24, Jesus is on the road to Emmaus with people, and it says, he's with his disciples, he says, beginning at Moses and all the prophets. So beginning at Moses, Genesis through Deuteronomy, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You see, if you don't know when scripture is written, it's not as uh, exciting, right? Whereas when you understand that there's thousands of years separating the Exodus from when Jesus is born and all scripture points towards Jesus, right? And so Luke 24, 27, Jesus began at Moses, then he went to the prophets and he's, and he's basically saying all scripture points towards me. I'm going to give you an extremely high level overview. These are all from the book of Exodus as the children of Israel leave Egypt. They're freed from Egypt. Moses leads them through the wilderness. And when they're in the wilderness, they get hungry. They get very hungry. 
And God gives them bread from heaven, angels' food. It's called manna. Well, when Jesus came, he said, no, no, no. My father gives you the true bread. Moses gave you the bread in the wilderness. My father gives you the true bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Well, then the congregation was grumbling and was thirsty in the desert. And God leads them over to a rock and Moses strikes the rock and water comes out. And Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. You see, Jesus, thousands of years later, the New Testament says they, they, that spiritual rock was Christ. It was a, a foreshadowing of the Messiah. When Jesus was pierced, water you know, came out of him. Just like when Moses struck the rock, water came out and they literally drank. Uh, the bronze serpent. So imagine this, for the entire nation of Israel, snakes are biting them. They had just fallen into sin and God sent snakes to, to judge them, to bite them. And many were dying and being sick from it. And he commanded Moses, make a bronze serpent, lift it up from the earth on a staff, right? On a piece of wood. And when everyone looks up at the serpent, don't look down at the sin, look up at the serpent, they'll be healed. And they were. And Jesus said, just as Moses lifts the serpent up in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up. Okay. And anyone who looks on him is saved and gets life, right? Anyone who has faith in him. Finally, the Passover lamb. I really don't even need to spend much time here. It's a very clear foreshadowing of Jesus. When they're on their way out of Egypt, the angel of death comes as a judgment to kill the firstborn. All the firstborn of Egypt, even the livestock were killed in one night. It was a horrible uh, slaughter. And what prevented the angel of death? What satisfied or appeased the angel of death uh, in order that, that he wouldn't do that to the children of Israel? Do you remember? It was the blood of the lamb, the Passover lamb. You see, the New Testament says Christ, our Passover, has been slaughtered for us. You see, Jesus is the true eternal spiritual lamb. So all throughout the Exodus, you have physical, real things actually happening that all point towards what Jesus did and the eternal solution. And so with that being said, let's jump into scripture and really just explain 30,000 foot view, what a tabernacle is, what's the meaning of it, and then I'll kind of explain how this series is going to go. And so in Exodus 25, uh, the Lord is, is speaking with Moses and giving him instructions for this tabernacle. He says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. You see, this is all part of God's redemptive plan. From the fall where Adam sinned, you see now God can't dwell with sin. God can't look upon sin. So the whole point of this plan is to foreshadow God's redemptive plan through Christ, ultimately that he may dwell among us. And so this tabernacle was God's dwelling place. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of its furnishings. There's all sorts of different things in the tabernacle. As we dig deeper in and study these furnishings, it becomes very clear. So that's what we're going to be studying. <clears throat> but it's very important to understand the tabernacle is a dwelling place of God, okay? Jesus Christ is fully man and fully God. The Old Testament gives us a clear prophecy of the coming Messiah, and that he would be God and man. And it says in Isaiah chapter 7, 700 years before Christ was born, the Lord will give you a sign. The Virgin, the Virgin Mary, will conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. And Matthew, the New Testament gospel, says this was fulfilled. This was Jesus was born to fulfill this prophecy. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. See, this is part of the mystery. The tabernacle was the dwelling place of God, right? 
Jesus is the dwelling place of God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. In fact, John 1, we all know John 1, the word was with God. The word was God. The word God became flesh. God became man and dwelt. There's that word tabernacled with us. We beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. And so there's that word. God dwelt among us in, in his son, Jesus Christ. In fact, when speaking of the temple, Jesus said, destroy this temple. In three days, I'll raise it up. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Okay, so there's very clear scriptures where we can sort of allude to the fact that the tabernacle is a, an excellent foreshadowing of God dwelling with man. And you're going to see many examples of Jesus in this tabernacle as we dig deeper and deeper. In fact, in the new heavens and new earth, look at this, Revelation 21. This is after the millennial kingdom, after the second coming of Christ. We are in eternity now, new heavens, new earth, absolute perfection. Look what John sees uh, a voice saying. It says, I heard a voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And so what's amazing is as we study the tabernacle in the Old Testament, the types and the shadows, how they're fulfilled in Christ in the New Testament you get to see this is all part of God's glorious plan. He's separating a people. The son is separating a people, making us a kingdom, and he will deliver that kingdom to God the Father. And then God will be all in all. And, and so all, of all believers are heading towards a terminal point where we're going to be in eternity and God will dwell among us and God will be our God. So it's a beautiful story. And so now let me give you some more details about the tabernacle. Now, just because I pull up a graph doesn't mean I agree with everything on the graph, just to be clear. Um, however, I want to give you a broad 30,000 introductory you know, view of this tabernacle and a couple important things, and then I'll finish with some scriptures. And so, first of all, notice there is exactly one door, one entrance. I think that's very important. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we're going to do a whole video on the door. Soon as you walk in, boom, altar of sacrifice made of wood, overlaid with bronze, I believe. We'll do a whole video on the altar of sacrifice. Every morning and every evening, there was a sacrifice, a lamb, okay? You walk a little further, you're still in this outer court, a bronze basin where you would wash yourself. The priests would wash themselves so that they could go into the holy place. We know that, you know, Christ sanctifies us. He washes us. We're being washed uh, through the water of the word. You know, Jesus said, sanctify them, clean them up by... Your truth, your word is truth. So there's physical realities that not only point to Jesus, but also point to the teaching and doctrine Jesus gave us, right? The doctrines of the Holy Spirit coming in us and cleansing in us and all of that we're going to go into. So then the priest would wash in this basin and go into the holy place. In here was the table of the show bread. It was the bread of the presence. It was actually 12 loaves of bread um, and wine, believe it or not, which should remind you of communion. Uh, then there was a lampstand, a menorah, where the light came in. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I'm going very high level because I'm going to do videos on every single piece of furniture. Uh, the altar of incense, where they would take coals from these sacrifices and offer them there with incense, which in the, in the Bible is very clear. That represents the prayers of the saints. Finally, there was a veil, very important, separating the holy place from the holy of holies where 
God's presence was. And this veil, we know when Christ died, the veil in the temple was torn, signifying that there's Jesus is the access point to God. Jesus gives us access to God now. Uh, then you would be in the Holy of Holies, where there was one piece of furniture. I'll show it to you later. Uh, there was the Ark of the Covenant, and the mercy seat was literally on the, mark of the uh, Ark of the Covenant. It was just the lid and these glorious uh, golden statues of cherubim angels on the Ark of the Covenant. And that is where God met with man. And, and when we get to study the Holy of Holies later on, it is so clearly you get to see Jesus in it. It is amazing. I just want you to have a, a broad overview right now. Here's another picture. Uh, once again, you got your one gate, you've got your altar for sacrificing, you got the little priest guy there washing himself. Holy place, holy of holies. Once again, just because you see a graph doesn't mean I agree with everything, but I want you to get an idea of what this looks like. And so one very, very important thing, and I'm going to finish with this in a few scriptures, very important thing. Exodus 25, 40, the Lord says, make sure you make it by the pattern which was shown to you on the mountain. Moses goes up to Mount Sinai and he's getting a pattern. And Paul tells us in Hebrews or the writer of Hebrews, if you don't think it's Paul, that's uh, up for debate. Bottom line, the writer of Hebrews makes it clear the Old Testament tabernacle is an earthly pattern off a heavenly reality. So in Exodus, you see Exodus 25, 10, 1500 BC, now they shall construct an ark, the Ark of the Covenant, right? This is what it looks like. These are those angels with the wings. This is the Ark of the Covenant, and the lid is the mercy seat. And so we'll get more into that as we go. You go all the way to Revelation 11, heaven is open up. The actual heaven, the temple of God in heaven is open, and the Ark of His Covenant appeared. In fact, many of the things in the, the tabernacle, I'm going to bring them up in a second, are in the book of Revelation with the clear spiritual eternal realities. So it's incredible how the Old and New Testament are, are woven together, and Christ is that scarlet cord running through. And so I just want to ask you guys a question really quick. On the road to Emmaus, Jesus is opening up their minds to Scripture. He's explaining to them, Moses, everybody wrote about me. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So number one, I want to ask, does your heart ever burn when reading scripture? Well, maybe you're not digging hard enough, right? And so uh, one of the things is I want to ask you, what do you think Jesus was talking about with them? What do you think he was explaining in, in the book of Moses? Could have been the manna, could have been the bronze serpent. But guys, I think scripture keeps this hidden for a reason so that we dig in and search for this treasure. I believe with all my heart, it's possible Jesus was telling them all about the tabernacle as well as all the other things. They might have been on the road for 10 miles for all we know, for hours and hours, right? And so their hearts burned within them. And my heart burns within me when I study these things and I see God so clearly foreshadowing his son or some spiritual truth his son brought Super, super important. Uh, Luke 24, the road to Emmaus finishes with, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, the whole Old Testament concerning me. And he opened up their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Guys, my goal with this tabernacle series is that I might, not me, but the Holy Spirit through this teaching, I pray will open up your minds. And I, I hope you're praying that for yourselves. But we're going to do individual videos on all the furnishings. And I think it's going to blow your mind. We're going to do a video on the door. 
But then we're going to do a video on the altar of sacrifice. We're going to do a video on the bronze laver, on the menorah, on the bread of the presence, right? On the candlelight, on the bread of the presence. And finally, on the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat. And, uh, you know, my goal is just familiar, familiarize yourself with the book of Exodus, with the book of Hebrews, and understand God wants us to dig in. God wrote these words for our edification. All scripture is profitable. And so this tabernacle is an amazing prophecy of Jesus. It's really edified me as I've read it. So I would encourage you guys, dig in, and uh, please email me at foolishministries at gmail.com if you have any questions. Next week, we're going to get started with part two.